Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we have not stopped worshiping you. We've given our tithes and our offerings. We've sung praises to you. We've listened to scripture lessons. Um, and now we uh, continue to worship you by uh, attending to the preached word. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and minister in and through, uh, in and through me um, and minister to everyone here, um, Father, according to their need. Uh, no doubt uh, what's said today uh, will um, touch people in different ways, um, some in one way and some in another way, and some in a wholly different way than what uh, this preacher intended. So, Father, we, but we trust the sovereign work of your spirit because, uh, you know, this message is just a bunch of words and unless, unless your spirit comes and applies it to our hearts and our minds. So we pray for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the subject of this passage that we're looking at today is trusting in the Lord. Um, trusting in the Lord. So let's just read the passage. It's uh, Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 5 through 8. The first two verses, 5 and 6, are probably familiar um, to many of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you on the right paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. So we're just going to work through this passage kind of line by line. It starts off verse 5 there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, trust God wholeheartedly. Trust God wholeheartedly. No reservations, no qualms, no concerns. If you know, the, if you know God the way so many Christians have throughout church history, you would have no hesitation in trusting wholeheartedly in the Lord. Or if you knew God the way many Christians around the world today know him, you would not hesitate to put all your trust in God. There was a man who was uh, going to fly. He was going to take his first plane ride, his first jet plane ride, and he was, he was nervous. He was nervous about it. But he, he flew, and afterwards his friends asked him, how did it go? And he said, um, he said well, uh, it went better than what I thought I would. He said, but I want you to know something. He said, I never did once put down all my weight. I never put all my weight down even once on that plane. Um, no doubt this man saved his life there by not putting down all his weight when he was on that jet plane. But there's no way, there's no need to approach God in that way. The person who wholeheartedly trusts in the Lord is much happier than the person who only puts a tepid trust in the Lord, a half-hearted sort of trust in the Lord. Psalm 118 says it is better to trust in man. It is better to trust in God than to trust in man. It is better to trust in God than to trust in princes. Psalm chapter 20, verse 70, or verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then the verse goes on to say, and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways. Think about him in all your ways. The goal is for you to be guided by God's wisdom. The goal is for you to be guided by God's word. I love, I love watching my grandson learn. Uh, he's, he's five years old, and he's so trusting, trusting that his, that his parents and his grandparents know what they're talking about. He willingly, he willingly corrects himself uh, as we instruct him. 
It wasn't that long ago that he learned by imitation. He probably still learns by imitation. But uh, how, whatever position I was sitting in, that's the position he was sitting in. If I, if I shifted my legs, he shifted his legs. If I crossed one leg, he crossed that same leg. If I uncrossed it, he uncrossed it. Or when we were playing bat and ball, whatever I said when I was throwing the ball to him, then he would say the same thing when he threw the ball to me. Or whatever I said when I was hitting the ball, that's, that's what he would say as well. That's a picture of leaning on God, on God's understanding, and not leaning on our own. We are to think about God in all our ways. Many versions say that we are to acknowledge, acknowledge him in all your ways. Your trust in God should be comprehensive. Verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All your heart. All your heart. Think about him in how, what part of your ways? All your ways. Think about him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways. A few years ago in the Wednesday night Bible study, we were working through the book of, uh, we were working through the book of Deuteronomy. And in the book of Deuteronomy is a, is a compendium. Uh, uh, all the laws, basically all the laws of Israel are recorded there in the book of Deuteronomy. And they're repeated uh, for the people of Israel. And what struck me, as we were working through that is the wide variety of topics that were covered in the book of Deuteronomy as God was instructing Israel on how to live. This was the introduction to one of my lessons. Chapters 12 through 26 in Deuteronomy are all the laws, are, are all the laws relating to all kinds of things. Animals, worship, unsolved murders, marriage, divorce, inheritance, execution, war, flogging, slaves, defecating, Crops, cross-dressing, adultery, property boundaries, astrology, court witnesses, judges, kings, prophets, giving to the poor, religious festivals, lending and borrowing, clean and unclean food, etc., etc. Deuteronomy touched on so many things with regards to the people of Israel. The Lord had wisdom and instruction for all areas of life when it came to how Israel should conduct themselves. And the same is true for us. In all our ways, in everything we do, we are to put the Lord's understanding above our own. We are to let the Lord's understanding become our own. Let me just give you a few examples in terms of parenting. In terms of parenting, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge the Lord in your parenting. How would God have you parent? We, we, you know, when we have our first child, we have all these assumptions about how to raise our child and maybe based on the example that we lived under and how other people have done it. But the the key question is, what does scripture have to say? What does scripture teach with regards to parenting? What about work and business work and business? The apostle Peter, before he was the apostle Peter, Jesus came to him and said, Hey, I want to use your boat. I'd like to use it as a pulpit. Peter said, okay, he'd been shipped. He'd been, um, He'd been fishing all night long. He says, okay, you can use it. So he, Jesus gets up there and preaches. And that was fine. He, Peter was willing to allow the Lord to use his boat as a pulpit. But then Jesus didn't want to talk about religious matters. He wanted to talk about fishing. And he had advice for Peter. Advice for Peter. He says, I want you to go back out and fish. And now, now, now Jesus is stepping into Peter's domain. I mean, this is his expertise, fishing. And he's been out all night and has caught nothing. And he knows it's not going to work. You know, rabbi, stay in your own lane, so to speak. But, but 
he goes back out anyway. Out of respect for the Lord, he goes back out. And what do you know? He finds out that the Lord knows what he's talking about, even when it comes to work and business. He netted a pretty good profit. In your work, acknowledge the Lord. There are some professing Christians who live by one set of standards when interacting with people outside of work, but they live by a different set of standards when they're at work. They cut corners. They maybe cut corners. Or they'll do anything to make a profit. Um, Or they'll be absolutely ruthless and harsh with the people they deal with, the people under them, other co-workers or whatnot. Outside of work, they're the model Christian, but... At business, at work, they don't act like it at all. And the Bible says, acknowledge him in all your ways, even in your work and even in your business. Another example would be dating. Would be dating. If you're not married and you are dating or going on the occasional date, lean not on your own understanding on how to date. In your dating, acknowledge the Lord. Think about him in all your ways. The world has multitudes of guidelines or criteria by what is a successful date. I'm here to tell you that the Lord also has his criteria about how we should relate to the opposite sex. And it doesn't often uh, overlap with what the world has to say about dating. Or how about marriage? Marriage. If you're looking for a potential spouse, make sure you are guided by the Lord's understanding and not your own about what to seek in a spouse. If you're married, lean not on your own understanding when it comes to relating to your spouse. Follow God's understanding and his will. And a good place to start would be Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Some Christian husbands are harsh with their wives, and that should not be. And some Christian wives are very harsh with their husbands, and that also should not be. There is a way we are to relate to one another as believers Yes, the Lord has something to say about how we relate to one another as spouses. And we could go on with examples. In all your ways covers a lot of ground, including the use of money, the use of time, your various relationships, how you relate to the government, and so forth. We'll move on. The verse goes on to say, and he will guide you on the right paths. He will guide you on the right paths, trusting the Lord in all things, learning from him, choosing his understanding above your own, is not without rewards. It's not without rewards. There is some debate about how the verse should actually read here. Some translations say he will make your paths smooth or he will make your paths straight. He will direct your paths or he will guide you in the right paths. The key here is to understand that living life God's way brings reward. It brings reward. The Christian life isn't always smooth sailing. It's not always smooth sailing, but doing life God's way often enables us to avoid many of the pitfalls that come from foolish living. Let me give you a couple of examples. When someone wrongs you, leaning on your own understanding would be to seek revenge or to withhold kindness or to hold a grudge. But leaning on God's ways, acknowledging him in all your ways is to forgive is to love your enemies, and it's to pray for those who persecute you, pray for those who make life difficult for you. And when we forgive, then God says he will make your path straight. He will guide you in the right paths. He will make your way smooth. And, you know, there are some medical studies, there are some scientific studies that back this up. 
For instance, the American Psychological Association, this headline, Forgiveness Can Improve Mental and Physical Health. Or Johns Hopkins Medicine, Forgiveness, Your Health Depends on It. Or this article, uh, this quote from the Mayo, uh, Mayo Clinic, Letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, the science bears out the truth of what God says when we acknowledge God in, in, our, in all of our ways. For instance, when someone wrongs you and we forget, excuse me, we forgive, he makes your path smooth. In other words, there are benefits that we accrue from living life God's way. I'm going to grab a drink here just a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another example would be earning and giving. Earning and giving. When it comes to earning money, the Lord says that we should give some to him. In fact, verses 9 and 10, the next two verses, just look there, Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. They talk about this in Typical Old Testament terms, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, give your first fruits. We give some, we, in other words, give, when you get your paycheck, give some of it right away to the Lord. Now, if you leaned on your own understanding when it comes to earning and giving, you might decide to only give to the Lord after you've made sure that all your bills are paid and you've been able to pay for Netflix for another month, and, oh, yes, you've got those sports tickets and those concert tickets, and if anything's left over, then I will give some to the Lord. Then I will give some to the Lord. Or you might think, there's just no way with my current income, but when I get a raise, I'll start putting some money in the offering plate. That's what we call, no, that's what the Bible calls leaning on your own understanding. That's what the Bible calls leaning on your own understanding. The Lord says, give God, uh, give off the top, but you say, I'll give it if I have anything left. But when you acknowledge the Lord in your income, you start giving right off the top to the Lord. Several years ago in Bible study, um, there was a woman, and I don't remember who it was. I just know, I just remember it was a woman, said uh, that she used to, and she was a Christian, she said she used to give uh, in the way we mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, after she had after she had paid her bills and stuff like that, if she had anything left over, she would give to the Lord. But then uh, she was convicted about that, and she changed it around. And when she got her paycheck, then she started giving first to the Lord and then, you know, would pay her bills and all that stuff. And she said, I always found that when I did that, all my bills, there was always enough money to pay my bills. And that's not the only story. I've heard, of, heard many stories like that. But those are just a couple examples of the way that the Lord makes our paths smooth, so to speak, makes our paths um, straight when we acknowledge him in all our ways. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Well, then we go on to verse 7. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Other versions say, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't be your own ultimate standard. Make God your ultimate standard. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Make God your ultimate standard. Many books today, many movies, many TV shows today, what do they want you to do? They want you to follow your heart. 
Follow your heart. That's what they encourage you to do is to follow your heart. Don't do that. Don't do that. Your heart is fallible. Your heart is deceptive. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all else. And do you know who your heart deceives the most? It's you. It's you. In the days, in the days of the Wild West, there was a notorious uh, bank robber, Pepe Rodriguez, from Mexico. And he would uh, cross over from Mexico into Texas. He would rob a bank, and he would get back over the line into Mexico before the Texas Rangers could catch up with him. Well, the Texas Rangers got frustrated and taking the law into their own hands, so to speak. They crossed over into Mexico one time, and they cornered Pepe in a bar. Now, since the bartender was the only one in the room who knew both Spanish and English, he acted as the translator. Now, Pepe was already nervous and scared when these Texas Rangers were standing there with their guns aimed at him. And the Rangers told the bartender, tell Pepe, if he doesn't tell us where the money is right now, we're just going to shoot him dead right on the spot. The bartender translated this to Pepe, and immediately Pepe confessed to the bartender in Spanish, explaining that the money was in the town well. And if they, if they climbed down the well, 17 stones down, straight down from the handle, that 17th stone was loose. If they pulled it out, they'd find all the money behind that stone. Well, the bartender then turned to the rangers and said, Pepe is a very brave man. He says that you are a bunch of stinking pigs and he is not afraid to die. <laughs> the bartender is like your heart. Don't trust your heart. It will deceive you. It will betray you. Out of the heart, Jesus says, comes all sorts of wickedness. Don't follow your heart. Follow Christ. Follow his word. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Some people, well, I think this, you know, or I feel this way about this, or um, I believe this. Who cares? The question is, where are you getting that from? Why do you think that way? Why do you feel that way? Why do you believe that way? If it's based on scripture, then I want to hear more. That's what really matters. People like to take God's word and judge it by their own standards. You know, they look at it and say, uh, yeah, this is good. This is good. This is good sometimes. This is no good. This is irrelevant. We should cut this out completely. We shouldn't obey this. That's, that's judging God by your own standards. This is the standard. We're to come under this. This isn't under our authority. We're under this authority. That's being wise in your own eyes when you take Scripture and judge it by um, your, own, um, your own thinking and your own heart. This being wise in your own eyes in this verse especially has to do with sin. Because look at the second line of verse 7. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't consider yourself to be wise when it comes to defining what is sin and what isn't sin. You should rather fear the Lord. That is, you reverence and honor the Lord so much that you define sin and evil the way he does and that you avoid it all like the plague. Whatever he says is sin, whatever he says is evil, you turn from it and you flee from it. He defines what sin is. 
We don't tell him. He tells us if he says racism is sin, racism is sin. If he says abortion is sin, abortion is sin. If he says homosexuality is sin, it's sin. If he says losing your temper is sin, it is sin. If he says taking the Lord's name in vain is sin, it's sin. Greed, gossip, wishing harm on someone else. God says it's sin, then it's sin. If he says that consulting horoscopes and astrologers is sin, then that is sin. If he says lust is sin, it's sin. If he says tearing down others with your tongue is sin, then tearing down others with your tongue is sin. We don't establish our own moral code. Well, you can, but this is the code that you're going to be judged by at the final judgment. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Flee evil. Run from sin. Don't rationalize it. Don't see how close you can get to it without crossing the line. Don't dally with sin in order to keep your friends, but also try to stay not too far into it in order to please the Lord. Because that doesn't please the Lord. That's called riding the fence. Don't rationalize evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes, thinking that this little bit of activity, even though the scriptures technically says that it's sin, that you can rationalize it away, that it's really not that bad. Don't be wise in your own eyes and thinking that, you know, I can, it's okay to dabble in this little bit of sin because then I'll have a sympathy and an understanding for those who are going through the same thing. That's called being wise in your own eyes. That's rationalize it. Rather, be like Joseph. Be like Joseph who when, when uh, Potiphar's wife said, come lie with me, he ran. He took out. He, he, he left that house as quickly as he could. That's the way we should flee all evil. Don't rationalize evil. Just fear the Lord and turn away from it. Treat all sin like poison and you will be healthy. That comes. Then we come to the last verse. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Trusting God is healthy. This could be speaking literally about the physical body or it could be speaking metaphorically about the soul or the inner person. I think it's probably speaking about both. I think it's probably speaking about both. Sin leads to suffering. When you sin, you are actually turning against yourself and doing yourself harm. You're turning against yourself and doing yourself damage. Sin damages your soul. And you are a body-soul creature. And what happens to the soul often affects the body. And this, is, this verse is not promising that the godly will never have any suffering or any difficulties at all. That's not we read this in the context of we read this in the whole context of scripture. Of course, the godly the godly will suffer from time to time. But they won't suffer from their own stupidity of not following God's wisdom and God's word. As a class, those who take their faith seriously, who live genuinely according to the word of God, genuinely live healthier lives, and I'm speaking as the whole person, not just physically. And studies can continue to bear this up. Studies have shown, for instance, that regular church attendance predicts marital satisfaction better than any other single variable. Studies have shown that lack of church, regular church attendance correlates more strongly with suicide rates than any other risk factor. Studies have shown that belonging to a religious group can lower blood pressure and relieve stress and enhance survival after a heart attack. Studies have shown shown that elderly people who attend worship services are less depressed and physically healthier than their peers with no religious faith. And the studies go on and on to bear up the truth of the word of God. 
All this to say that the reasons given in verse 6 and verse 8 for you to wholeheartedly trust in the Lord, and the reasons are right there, he will guide you on the right paths, verse 8, this will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. All these reasons to wholeheartedly trust in the Lord are not just about surviving, they are about thriving. They are about thriving. Trusting God is good for you. The goal of these commands for you to trust in the Lord and be not wise in your own eyes and to turn from uh, to fear the Lord and to turn from evil. The goal of these commands is your well-being. It's your overall well-being. And this same God who gives these instructions here in Proverbs 3 is the same God who gave his son Jesus, who gave his son Jesus to die in your place on the cross. It's the same God who John 3:16 so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You can trust a God like that. You can trust a God like that, who loves you so much that he gave his son, that you might escape an eternity of suffering. You can put all your weight down in trusting a God like that, in trusting the God who is like that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the kind of God that we have, of who you are, uh, the reality of who you are, that you are loving and kind and benevolent, that of your nature you are merciful and gracious. The Lord, how does it go? Uh, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, um, slow to anger, abounding in love. Um, That's the kind of God that you are. That's the kind of God we serve, the kind of God who gave his son, who gave us a second chance, Our sins, they doomed us. They condemned us. But you gave us a second chance. And at what a great cost to you in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we praise you, Lord Jesus, for willingly coming to fulfill the will of your Father out of your love for us, according to the book of Galatians. Out of your love for us, you died for us. And we are so grateful for that. Help us to live in a way that honors you. Help us to trust in you. I pray that everyone in this room would live out these verses, would flesh out these verses would trust in you with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you and we'll find that you make our paths straight. May we bring you honor and glory in the way we live. In Jesus' name, amen.